I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. My name is David. And I'm Zach. <laughs> and we are We're Star Trek Podcast. Um, the premiere. Premiere. Oh, that's right. I forgot that's that part. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's what we are. We're a Star <laughs> Trek um, fan podcast, everybody. And, and hopefully you've been following us, following us since episode one. If you haven't, this is episode 22. And we're on season one of Ever- Enterprise. And the episode is called Vox Sola. Correct. And, uh, you know, again, thank you to the silent majority of all of you lovely listeners. As I ended that last episode, do you prefer being called a Trekkie, a Trekker, or something else? Send us an email. A companion? A companero? Oh. Uh, Yeah, you know, send us an email at thestarcompanion at gmail.com and let us know. We will be forever grateful. For those of you that don't know, our $1 challenge has been accepted. Our bluff we, has been called, ladies our, and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you, John Keniston and Troy Tempest. We will, in fact, be reviewing Reanimator, and it's it, it keeps me up at night. I had a bad sleep last night. <laughs> I did. You what the fuck? It, what's it about? I don't even know. <laughs> I have no clue, but I do know that... Jeffrey Combs is in it. Our Lord and Savior, Jeffrey Combs. But I digress. My guess is it's probably going to be about some guy who draws for a living and he erases a lot, so he's got to he's got to reanimate things. Interesting. I feel like it's got to be some sort of Frankenstein play. Probably. And I'm actually going to take off now because I kind of fell flat. Oh. Uh, anyways. Oh, that was a joke. Yeah, it was. Um, oh. An, an, an animator. <laughs> an animator who erases a lot. He's a reanimating. Oh. <laughs> anyways, folks, uh, in today's episode. <laughs> Do you have a start date for this bad boy? Stardate unknown. We've almost, we're almost to when the start dates resume. Okay, cool. So somewhere in between. Uh, 
Broken <laughs> Bow and uh, <laughs> season two, it's episode one. <laughs> definitely between uh, 1109215.1 and 0209215.2. In fact, the next episode is uh, 0209215.2. So. so it's 012 uh, whatever point one. You got it. You got it. The Nailed day it. The day before. So the day before the next day, um, <laughs> Archer and crew, uh, we find Archer and crew. Um, they well, they've welcomed an envoy of, of these humanoids, kind of humanoids, on board, mm-hmm. and they're called the Cretacins. Um, and these guys are leaving in a huff. We find a mid-huff leaving in a, over an insult, um, some sort it's of... A, di- it's a guffaw of sorts. It is. It's a diplomatic... Foul paw, if you will. Now, do you know it was definitely a hullabaloo? Do you know what they call people <laughs> who are engaged in a hullabaloo? Uh, no, a hullabalooer. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Do you know what they call animators who erase <laughs> a lot? <laughs> um. Anyways, um. Being that they're, uh, you know, it's a diplomatic <laughs> thing. Uh, Hoshi, of course, is is one of the people who kind of takes the lead on these type of things because she's got a, she's got to wield her universal translator and and, you know, she's got to make things happen. But she didn't make things happen this time, so she kind of attempts to apologize, um, but they become even more insulted and they they hop in their ship and they take off. Um, though when they're d- departing. You know the little airlock that that kind of separates the Enterprise from their ship. Mm-hmm. A mysteriously, mysterious, wispy, amoeba-like thing uh, wisps its way into the Enterprise's uh, airlock, and right after that, we get the intro. We get the lovely intro, and um, that's kind of how the that's that's how the episode begins there. Yeah, and then uh, then it you get you get the couple. They're talking about, hey, do you think the movie's going to be good? Oh, I don't know. I sure <laughs> hope it is. I can't wait to watch the movie. I can't remember what it what it is. It happens one night, some sort of bullshit. Yeah. Some sort of easily licensable film that probably <laughs> Paramount or CBS owns. That's so Jesus funny. Christ. You know what I mean? Right. It can't be it can't be like Star Wars 20. It has to be like some movies that movie that was filmed in the 1910s that public mm-hmm. domain has run out of mm-hmm. as of 2002. That's so stupid. <laughs> um Yeah, so, you know, this this space amoeba um kind of sets up shop down in one of the um in one of the uh cargo base and uh the two crewmen who are left um on movie night to guard the engine they see that there's some fluctuations coming from down there (gasps) so they they both go to investigate investigate and they get caught by the wisp and um you know archer at this time he's kind of futzing around i think it's his i think it's his (laughs) his his (laughs) i think it's his day off he's kind of chilling out in his dad uniform and Mm-hmm. You know, he wants, he's kind of sulking over the whole uh, Cretacin faux pas. Um, and it's at this point that Trip comes in and welcomes him with a, with a holotape of a um, water polo match that looks like it was filmed in the 70s. Yeah. 
I've have you ever watched water polo? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it can be interesting. It is. Yeah, it's like watching lacrosse a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that being said, I've never seen anyone get so pumped over <laughs> a college water polo game. <laughs> and furthermore, I think I think Trip was faking enjoying it. Yeah, I think he was trying to get Archer into it for sure. Yeah. Oh, you mean like if he scores one more, it's gonna happen? Yeah, Trip. Yeah. You wanna be my son? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I love how he exclaims when there's a foul. He's like, It's like they gave him an advantage and it's like then like two sentences sentences later he's talking about how he loves football and it's like, dude, you're a sports fan. How did you not know that fucking fouls give the other team a temporary advantage? Come on, dude. Come on, Dad. <laughs> oh no, it was Trip. Trip. Huh? Yeah. Come on, Trip. Um. So, anyways, it's yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a a line through this uh, beginning uh-huh. of the episode here. To that end, before you continue, yes. as yes. they're watching this water polo film, mm-hmm. that I don't know how Dad gets so worked up about it because he knows the outcome. He remembers the game. Yeah. The thing I want to point out is the fucking massive tray of pretzels that Trip brought out. Yeah. <laughs> that was an entire Costco bag's worth of pretzels. Yes. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, you can replicate anything you want, and you're like, you know what? Let's get a thousand pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> can replicate pretzels. How many would you like? Mm, a thousand. <laughs> One. Put it in a plastic bowl. Zero. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Computer. Rolled gold. <laughs> I love how it's like, I don't know what year it is, but it's like pretz- those fucking dried out pretzels are still the best snacks we got. You know, yeah. trying to come up with meat snacks or some something better. I uh, honestly, computer beef jerky. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get something good in here. Are you kidding? I'll fucking take a shocking. thousand pretzels, please. <laughs> you know, I mean, at, at a certain point, wouldn't she go, computer? How about some salami, <laughs> some buffalo? You know, maybe some mozzarella. Like, let's get some shit in here. Computer charcuterie. Yeah, computer, <laughs> beer, pretzels, a lot of them, and a plastic bowl and it, it, <laughs> from the seventies. Yeah, well, late crystal, please. Oh my you know. god, that was a great observation. I did. Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember the pretzels, but yeah, there were a lot of them. Fucking shocking. I, you know, they water polo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, carrying on with the with the with the little synopsis here, uh, eventually, Archer and Trip also end up going to uh, investigate. I forget how they get involved, but somehow they get involved. Well, they get involved because they need Trip to go check down there because there's something going on, and he That's goes, right. "It's probably just a blown relay." That's right. It's not. It's not. Yeah. In the words of David. It's a wispy thing that wisps around. (laughs) (laughs) I did say that. Yes, you did. 
Oh, I'm bad. Accurate. Yeah, you're not good at things. I'm not good. For those um, of you that are into continuity between our episodes, <laughs> David said that last episode. I did, yeah. Um, I say it every night before I go to bed, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, the, this wispy thing um, captures Trip and Archer, and all of a sudden now it becomes a fucking issue. And uh, the issue is, how do I get ca- how do we get Captain Trip and two other unknown crewmen out of this giant cum amoeba monster? Um, it's developed. description. Yeah, it's developed into a giant cum monster. It called it's. I know it's not PC, but that's what it is. It's a cum web. It is a cum web, and um, they they so they try to shoot him out of the wisp and they find out that the wisp is actually kind of it's doing something to connect all of them neurally with um with uh-huh. the amoeba as well so it's trying to kind of inter, integrate them into the kind of collective if you will um and so you know Hoshi is convinced that she can actually communicate with this animal or uh, life form or whatever and she she and T'Pol get to work on developing that they they at first think it's a language, but later on figure out that it's kind of more like a, a mathematical calculation, which her and, and mm-hmm. T'Pol kind of team up on because T'Pol is, of course, the the nerd resident nerd of the ship. And um, That's yeah, <laughs> um, so they eventually, you know, they end up they end up, you know, developing the language. Reed offers up his prototype shield uh, force field uh, project, and it all kind of works out. They're able to communicate with the amoeba. They get the the people out of the cum, and they take the amoeba back down to its its planet. And um, as you as they land on the planet, you see the whole planet's covered with this amoeba. It's just a giant worldwide organism, which I thought was really interesting. And then they take off into the sunset, sunrise rather as the sun illuminates all of these wispy, cummy animals. It's a planet of cum, (laughs) and the wispy wisp that wisps turned the shuttle bay into a literal cum box. It did. (laughs) Furthermore... We're uh, going low concept this episode, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it looked like. Yeah, it did. So what do you think they made it out of? Honestly, I was trying to think about that as well. I was at first I thought it was um at first I thought it was, was flour. But mm-hmm. it, it, it ended up being a little too viscous. Like you could see it like dripping off them at some points and I was just like, yeah. Oh my god, it looks like a fucking cum shot. Um <laughs> So I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking probably Elmer's Elmer's glue and like some gelatin or something like that. Okay, here's mine. Yeah. I think it's like paper mache liquid. Okay. Glue. Flour, glue, mm-hmm. and phyllo dough. Phyllo dough. Okay. Yeah. You know, like what they make baklava out of. Yeah, no, totally. I can see that. Because <laughs> it gets really thin and kind of stringy and gooey. Yeah. You know, um, and I think maybe gelatin could make it a little. Uh, for those of you that aren't watching the video, I'm shaking my body like a, <laughs> like your neighbor's jello. Where words fail, actions prevail. Prevail. Nice. 
That was a good one. This is yes. the episode. I nailed it. Nailed it, where Hoshi and T'Pol squash their quarrels. The crew's really coming together. That's true, yeah, yeah. I did kind of gloss over that, yeah. Um, Hoshi, at the beginning of the episode, kind of has a little bit of... She's got a little bit of a thing with T'Pol. She -hmm. thinks T'Pol's kind of needling her, you know, because of her, you know. Hoshi's very insecure in this very first season. She doesn't quite know her place, and she feels like, I think, T'Pol's getting on her a little bit. Yeah. So they they got a little bit of a tiff. They got in a tiff, yeah. Do you know what they call people who engage in tiffs? (laughs) What's that, Zach? Tiffers. Tiffers. Yep. You can write that one down. That's funny. You know, <laughs> you know it's funny when they tell you it is. <laughs> you know what? Uh, never mind. Um, yeah, but they they do end up squashing their beef here. They the. <laughs> I was gonna go for the racist joke, but I won't. Um, they bond over math. Oh yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we can work on it together. Yeah. Uh, so I do have another question for you. Yes. Is Malcolm so one note that he always needs explosions? <laughs> yeah, I have noticed that. You know, it, it's like one of those things where, you know, so Jordy moves from the bridge crew as a, you know, someone who's on the con mm-hmm. and then he becomes the chief engineer, mm-hmm. you know, or there's... Uh, you know, uh, oh my God, Chief O'Brien moves from you know uh, security officer, chief, you know security yeah. officer, and then it's the main engineer on DS Nine. Yeah. There's like movement through the ranks on this on on Enterprise. Maybe Everyone's... it's a holdover from like Navy, like yeah. direct Navy, where it's like this is your role. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything dual, and there's not really any movement. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I figure, you know, if it's the first if it's the first crew going up into space, you want people who are at aces at what they do, mm-hmm. you know, rather than sure. later on when the technology is more developed, you can kind of you can kind of get people who are more uh, multifaceted. Um, so I guess it works. But yeah, you're right. He is very obsessed with explosions. He's an explosionist and shoosting. He likes to shoost. Um, again, in this episode, we get Doctor Flox being the, the just the ultimate crew member, and even in the in the most dire of times, he prohibits Reed from torturing the life form, killing it, you know, and um, mm-hmm. just totally a man of science. I love that about his character, like. Because that brings it back into the gray area so much. Is you know, it's like he's a doctor, and his main priority is is, uh, you know, protecting his people and and healing mm-hmm. them. But also, he's a scientist, and this is a mission of exploration. So it's like he's got to straddle this line and make sure that he doesn't. You know, it, it's almost like he's living in accordance with his own kind of prime directive at this point. You know, that's a great point. That that's that is excellent. I think I think Flox and Paul are the as much as I love Dad, mm-hmm. but Mom and Doc really really do a good job at grounding the characters in the story. Definitely, 
they're like the big brother and big sister of, of the humans, you know, but also, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't, and I, I don't say, you know, parents because, you know, they're also learning too. They're on this mission of exploration yeah. too. This is the first time that I think a Vulcan's been on a expert exploratory mission. And, mm-hmm. um, I'd, I'd go as far to say that probably the Denobulans as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. You know, they ground them, but they're also with them. You know, they're also learning with them. Yes. Uh, I would like to note that this is the first time Mom is called the first officer. <clears throat> okay. Um, on screen, so it was always kind of implied, but, you know. Yeah. Now there's confirmation. Mom uh, is de- definitely number one. Mom is number one. That's right. So... I do have one thing to say. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye out for the Kratassins later. Okay. It there's a, there's there's a really funny scene. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> prideful dad has to end up making amends. Okay. To the Kratassins because <laughs> he needs their help. Yeah. And it's it's pretty fucking hilarious. I love how it was all just about the only reason they got insulted was because they saw someone else eat you know yeah Yeah, there wasn't any of this in the vulcan database like come on that should have been number one do not eat in front of them um the one thing that i wanted to bring up as well is um you know when they bring the amoeba down to the planet how did they get it to go in the box Hmm. oh it it willingly did because they're able to talk to it Oh, okay. So well, yeah, she I, was like, dweep, dwarp, dweep, dweep, dwarp. And dweep, just, dweep. And he just kind of yeah. amoeba his way over to the box. I see, I see you're not using wisp any longer. Would you yes. say it wisped into the box? I would say it wisped. It it, it flipped its, uh, was it flagella? What's the cell name for the tail? On yeah, animal flagella. Cells? Yeah, yeah fl- flagella, yeah. Yeah, flagella. It it did that. I call you the that box. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's my... that's that's why you listen to the Star Companion for <laughs> for science facts. I'm not sure are right. Yeah, I would like to know what they did with the amoeba wisp um, while they were heading to the planet. Like, was the amoeba just like sitting on one of the chairs up on the bridge, <laughs> just kind of like smoking with the Archer? <laughs> Or was he in the box and, like, holed up in the cargo hold, kind of, you know, just, like, shivering in a corner? <laughs> I'm going to go with the latter, and I, I have a I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think there was cum residue everywhere? Everywhere, dude. I thought about that so much. <laughs> it's got to be like, everywhere in that yeah. cargo play. It's like, yeah, great. Now we got to, you know what, get trip to clean it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a power washer in there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's not like the amoeba was, you know, just like did away with his with his neck completely. I, I'm sure there was some some gooey residue left over. Mm-hmm. There um, always is. There, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the cheapest jokes are the best. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's been a real low brow. Really I can't. I, I I cannot deny. What that looked like. Yeah. Um, that being said, it was a really good episode. Uh, there was yeah. there there was some tension. Um, you didn't know what was going to happen. Humor. Humor. I thought for sure that this was going to be the first time that we saw crewmen die, but nope, didn't nope. happen yet. 
Nah. Second season, they kill start killing people. Yes, I love yeah. that. One of my favorite holdovers about Star Trek is, um, especially Next Generation, is when Picard takes Ensign whatever his face is and Geordi down with him and it's like yeah. oh, we know who's not coming back <laughs> I love a cold open where it's yeah. you know someone you know like a bridge crew member and someone you have never seen before and you're like uh oh uh oh <laughs> the shuttle's gonna crash <laughs> and that one's not gonna make it no or get sacrificed you know I just and you know what's funny is is you know it's a bloodbath later on but still you know, like every fucking season of Enterprise, or not Enterprise, the next generation, they're talking about fucking Tasha Yar. You know, it's, it's always like she, Tasha, yeah. Well, but she, but she was she was in like one season, right? She was in a couple, I believe. Um, okay, she was the security officer. That's right. Yeah, Chief, and she and was before, ensign at, at one point, right? Or I, she, no, I think she started as okay. as chief of security, and then. Uh, I keep wanting to just call him Klingon. Um, Worf. Then, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that name escaped me. Yeah, then Worf, you yeah. know, assumes, assumes the role. Speaking of which, um, I have a suggestion for our audience. Um, there's a video online. It's called Worf of Wall Street. I think oh I've showed God. it to you. Um, we can look it up after this. But um, it's basically someone took clips of... Wharf from Next Generation and put it into uh, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, advertisement. Yeah. yeah, the advertisement. Oh fuck. Yeah, and I think it has a it has uh, black skinheads by by Kanye in the background, you know, and just like every bum bum bum, and he's he's saying lines from Next Generation. It's really funny, but I would hi- highly suggest that for anybody who likes. My Wharf. God. And you know what? We actually have a special connection to Worf because um, the person who plays Worf, uh, Michael Dorn, was born in Pasadena, which is actually where we're based out of, Pasadena, California. Word? Yeah, and he went to PCC as well. Pasadena Word? City College. Yep. What? Yeah. He's such a nice guy. He really is. You know, I really just want to be his friend. Most yeah. of the next generation, most, most members of Star Trek, actually, I'd love to just be their friend. I want signed autographs from every one of them. It's a good idea. The major players, at least. Yeah. Not Ensign What's-Her-Name or Ensign nah. What's-His-Name. Nah. All right. Well, are you good? I'm good, yeah. That's that's about yeah. it. This has been the Star Companion. Follow us on every major plat- uh, podcasting platform. Yeah. We're uh, on YouTube. We're on, we're on Spotify. YouTube. We're on YouTube as well. YouTube's a little lonely lately. We'd, we'd enjoy if you stopped by and gave us a few views and maybe even liked or subscribed. or. Yeah, actually, great idea. Yeah. For all of you that listen to the podcast, you know, give it a, give it a motherfucking rating. Yeah, we really work hard on these things, man. I think so. I mean, cum jokes don't just write themselves. They really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And who the fuck... Who the fuck notices pretzels? Dude! That's the take of the fucking... That's the take of this episode, for sure. That's the kind of incisive commentary you're getting here on the Star Companion. (laughs) My God. Anyways, we hope you join us for future treks. And um, if you haven't checked out our past episodes, we highly suggest it. And um, take care of yourself, everybody. Take care of yourself.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.